Hi everyone, you're listening to Passports, Cameras, and Maps. Oh my, I'm your host, Janine Romo, aka The Wild Explorer, and I'm here today with our producer, Martha. Hi everyone. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Just a heads up to everyone who's listening um, that we will be talking about Anthony Bourdain and his recent passing. On June 8th, we lost Anthony Bourdain due to suicide. The reason behind it is still unknown. And as a fan, I don't need to know or expect to be told. It's a private matter. Um, But this episode isn't going to focus on his death, uh, but instead his life and his passion that he had for um, travel, food, um, and culture, Um, and how his work impacted my passion for for all that, for for travel especially, um, and for food, because I love food. Um, so we had already wanted to do an episode talking about Anthony Bourdain and his work, but after the unfortunate news about his passing, um, we couldn't do the episode that we wanted to do, um, without first doing, uh, this, this tribute like episode for him. Yeah. We wanted to cover, you know, our favorite, you know, um, episode on the on his netflix special um yes no reservations yeah no reser- no parts unknown parts unknown <laughs> or no reservations whichever one so many yeah he had a lot of things going on and yeah. we wanted to cover you know our favorite episode because me and my husband um had we're watching one one night and i text janine i was like hey this is like a great idea maybe we should do an episode we both you know really enjoy really enjoy watching him and um you know really love his passion um so we were you know we had that kind of in the books but hadn't done anything with it yet just because there's so many other episodes that you know we had been working on um but with this news I mean I feel like it was only right to touch on it a little bit yeah and I'm so glad that we are doing this episode now um it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's that unfortunate that it's because, it's because of that. Of this, but um, yeah, I mean, we should pay tribute to him. We should definitely. He's uh, a huge influence um, amongst like the travel community, travelers. Uh, I follow a lot of like travel bloggers and everyone. And, you know, this this news was very unfortunate to hear. And um, also for the food community, chefs. Devastating. Yeah, I I actually um, I have a few chef friends and like it was interesting, you know, just hearing them talk about it. And I mean, Anthony Bourdain was like that. That was his career or that is that was that was his career. It was, um, it was he started was a person, as yeah, he was a person that, you know, I think regardless of your, I guess, um, how do I say it? Like your, your career or whatever, whatever you do for work, um, you kind of aspire to be someone like him that, you know, tried different things and went different places. Right. And, you know, was just very daring and adventurous. Um, Very inspiring person. Yeah. To not only chefs and travelers, but just, you know, the average Joe. To anyone. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, uh, I would would watch a ton of 
his episodes with my mom. My mom totally loved him. And we, we love watching like travel stuff. And my mom loves anything to do with food. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really sad to, to hear about this news. Um, but it's so nice to hear that he was so like beloved amongst so many people. Um, he was just like a guy who kept it real like his episodes I remember watching one where he went to Amsterdam and I don't know if he got high but like there was like this illusion of him getting high (laughs) I mean he probably did I I really hope he did (laughs) I mean I'm I'm 100% sure he did they just couldn't they just couldn't like actually yeah TV but he was yeah he was just like so cool and I don't know. He was like, is someone I totally aspire to be like, just like this cool guy doing his thing, keeping it real, talking about real things. Um, yeah. And just going places and telling it like it is. Yeah. And he never, um, on his shows, I never saw him interacting with someone in a way that he was, you know, better than them or knew more than them. Um, he he was definitely a person that uh, the people that he interacted with, uh, he was trying to learn from them. He wanted to hear their stories. He wanted to um, know how they felt about certain things and, you know, the story behind, you know, their foods and things like that. He never you know, walked into a restaurant and was like, oh, like this in another country, you know, that looks totally different from a restaurant here and, you know, looked down on it because it was too small or because, you know, they had to sit in plastic chairs or they didn't have plates, you know, to put their food on. It was like he was very, you know, excited to be there and to learn. And, you know, that was refreshing. It was. Yeah. I think he really like showed where food came from, because I think a lot of people, especially if you you don't come from that world, you never worked in a restaurant or something like that. Like, I mean, things here, obviously, in the U.S. are totally different from any other part of the world, um, let alone like a developing country where, yeah, they don't have like big kitchens or you know, all the equipment that we have or the same health regulations. And like, he really, he really like just showed it as it was and appreciated, yeah, just appreciated the food and the people who made it. Yeah. And I feel like that was good in a sense that, you know, um, when people that aren't familiar with travel and are familiar with, you know, traveling to, um, you know, not, you know, not first world, world countries. countries. Yeah. Um, that, that they wouldn't be kind of um, turned off by by going to a place like that. You know, if a local said, oh, you know, it's, they have really good, you know, I'm I'm Mexican, so I'm going to say tacos because that's what <laughs> right now. Like really good tacos here, you know, in in a, you know, smaller place in, in Mexico. And, you know, the tourist goes there and is like, oh, it looks kind of dingy. It looks dirty. Like, Why are we why? eating on plastic, uh, yeah. with plastic bags? Yeah, <laughs> like what is this? And then be turned off and not want to not want to eat that because that's that's not they don't. 
that's not what they're visualizing as like a good place to eat. But right. with shows like Parts Unknown that did go to different places um, that weren't as popular as trendy and ate at restaurants um, that were, you know, very delicious. Uh, they had yeah. very delicious food, but weren't, you know, you know, five star yeah. fancy <laughs> restaurants reservations with like, you know, a computer system so that you can, you know, make your reservations on an app um they won't like people wouldn't wouldn't be turned off they would be like oh yeah anthony bourdain went to like a place that looked exactly like this and he ate there and he was fine like we'll be fine i think yeah so kind of opening your eyes to what like yeah to what what to like really expect when you go to to different countries right like kind of like bringing like shedding some light on the culture shock mm-hmm. beforehand which is really cool because you know you hear stories about someone like you know going to say some part in southeast asia for the first time they're like oh that's when i really experienced culture shock but yeah anthony bourdain's show he he would already like you know he was there he was showing you that it was it's fine, fine to eat food <laughs> yeah. off of a cart. Right. <laughs> it's fine to do this. This is okay to eat. Like, yeah. I um when I was in the Philippines, um, I was at this little like local beach and there were these um like fishermen. Um, and it just seemed like they were like a family and they had just gone out fishing and they had like this like bucket like a big five gallon bucket and it had like some fish or like not fish like I don't know sea urchin or something in it and they, they were showing me and like oh do you want to taste some and I was like oh my god is this okay to eat and I saw them eating it and I was like you know what like it must be yeah it <laughs> must be it. and you know Anthony Bourdain's done that like other like shows that I've watched, they'll just, you know, they they just eat whatever raw. And I'm like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, while you're there, you should try to um, you should try to, you know, really immerse yourself in the cultures like he did. And, you definitely. know, hey, if they're going to eat like this, then we're going to like this, like. Right. And I think like I I think you're very similar the way we grew up. Like if someone offers you food, you take it. Like (laughs) you do not say no to food. (laughs) So rude. Right. And like here they are. Like I don't know how long they've been out like all day in a boat, like since the morning or whatever. And they have like all these like awesome. I don't know what it was, but I think what I ate was sea urchin. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I tried it and it was it was really cool. It, and it tastes good. It was really salty. But that's because, you know, it's the sea. The sea, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, those are the kind of experiences um, that, you know, he would highlight on his show. You know, with the family, you know, accepting the generosity that, they're offering you in terms of like a meal um, and them wanting you to to try, you know, something that that they're, you know, that they love. Right. And that's what's like so cool about a lot of the places that I go to, like that warm welcome, like they wanted me to be a part of that. They wanted to see they saw that I was kind of curious and was like, oh, what do they have there? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we have, you know, 
they didn't speak very much English, but you know, from what I was gathering is that this was the the catch of the day and um, they were trying some things and they offered it to me. So I had to, I had to say yes. Yeah. And I feel like that's what um, his shows highlighted, you know, um, being accepting um, of other people's cultures and not judging them um, and just really trying to like learn and embrace it. If you're, if you're, traveling there right and I've you know because people have like written a lot of things there's been like tweets and things like that you know from fans and um you know articles written um and what I kept seeing was that Anthony Bourdain taught us how to be better travelers and he definitely did and you know it it totally clicked when I like actually like read those words like I may have not you know I might have denied the food because I was too scared or I didn't know if it was something that would have made me sick but I took a chance because it was just something that I've I've learned from you know people like Anthony Bourdain that that's totally normal that's okay and that you should try new things and if I get the poops that's okay too (laughs) There are toilets. There are toilets. There's medicine. Whatever. YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but um, I think, I don't know, Anthony Bourdain, he, he was was also like a big advocate for for women and the whole Me Too movement, which was pretty awesome. In his personal life, I mean, and I feel like he did showcase it, um, you know, I mean, on on all of his like platforms, he was um, an advocate for women, for immigration, you know, basically just like people doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> like human rights. Like yeah, he was definitely he was he didn't shy away from um, expressing his views. Um, and I mean, that's great to see someone that, you know, a lot of people you know, love and respect, um, to be vocal about issues that are important in today's, uh, in today's society and not even, you know, without fear of, you know, a backlash or loss in like popularity, right. Um, You know, he was given a platform, so he wanted to, I guess, you know, do the most, most with it. Right, right. And that's good that you brought up immigration because he... He loved Mexico. Yeah, he loved Mexico. Um, He's talked about it on a lot of his shows. He's talked about it on Twitter and just, like, pretty much everything. Like, he's talked about... You wanted to talk about something that he said about Mexico, right? Yeah, one of my... I guess... I, being Mexican, you know, one of the things, uh, one of his episodes um, was was about, one of his episodes was about Mexico. And um, the way he speaks so lovingly about, you know, a country that I love um, is just amazing. And, you know, whenever we hear people um, that aren't, you know, of Mexican descent um speak so warmly and lovingly about our country I feel like it's just it's amazing it's very nice to hear and uh 
he 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 did write something um uh about about Mexicans um and I just wanted to like read it to you guys um he said that something that just like resonated with me um okay so this is him (laughs) in nearly 30 years of cooking professionally just about every time I walk into a new kitchen it was a Mexican guy who looked after me had my back showed me what it was what was what was there and on the case when when the cooks look more like me with backgrounds like mine ran away to go skiing or surfing or simply flaked I have been fortunate to track where some of these cooks come from and and to go back home with them to small towns populated by mostly women where in the evenings families gather at towns uh, phone kiosks waiting for phone calls from their husbands sons brothers who have left them to work in kitchens in the cities in the north oh my god I'm getting sad (laughs) (laughs) oh well Okay, let's time out for a second. We're going to be right back while I compose myself. Aww. We're stopping. I am uh, four months postpartum and my <laughs> hormones and emotions are in very high still. So, you know, bear with me. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I don't remember where exactly I started crying. Okay, so... Um, to small towns populated by mostly women where in the evening families gather at the town's phone kiosk waiting for calls from their husbands, sons, and brothers who have left them to work in kitchens in the north. I have been fortunate enough to see where that affinity for cooking comes from, to experience moms and grandmothers preparing many delicious things with pride and real love, passing that food made by hand, pass mm, pass from their hand to mine. Okay. So that was very emotional for me just because. Take a minute. Take a minute. It's all right. Um, yeah, we I mean, uh, you know what it's like to be away from your family. I mean, even not your immediate family. Or I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but being away from so, your yeah. Mexican family. Yeah. I'm fortunate enough that, you know, my parents got together you know, here in the United States and then, um, you know, I had a family. So I never experienced be- like being away from them. Right. But, but like, you know, my dad did, my grandpa would come over here and, you know, work for, uh, you know, whatever, a certain amount of time. Okay. And, you know, send money back home to my grandma and then you know come back home and you know be with this family and and a lot of families you know go through that right (laughs) no I know I know it's weird because we didn't experience it firsthand and yeah that was the same for my grandparents and then my my grandpa had the opportunity to he was working I think he first worked in Spain and then he was away for six months and my mom was, no, was this, when was my mom? I don't even know how old, like the kids, like my mom and her um, brothers and sister were, but he was away and then um, he went away again to work in the U.S. Okay. So my, I don't think my mom was born yet, but maybe my, your uncles and yeah, maybe the other ones were born. Um, but when he went to work in the States, um, 
my grandma was pregnant with my mom and um and then they moved when my mom was only four months old so she had she already had two kids you know to take care of at home and she was pregnant with my mom while your grandpa was over here you know working right and then and then they had the opportunity to come over here and and they did and you know my mom didn't have to she I mean she didn't grow up she grew up in in a home with with both of them but yeah her um you know my aunt and uncle who are older they they experienced that and separation that separation and i i can't even imagine what that's like like and so many families still do it so many and it's, yeah so him talking about that just you know struck a little emotional chord with me um just because you know it is still happening today and just that that feeling of separation from your family is just very hard it is and immigration it's not easy to have everyone come over Mm -hmm. so people do that for years maybe even their whole life and and that's just what normal is to them yeah like so I'm very it makes me happy that he was able to um to you know see that and like appreciate it and you know express express his thoughts to to the world <laughs> he was a total ally like yeah. he i think he was a good example of how how to use white privilege like you yeah, know someone he, someone in a position in power um you know really uh showcasing you know the struggles that you know minorities go through right you know regularly like he and he knows that like and he's talked about it with, without without latinos without minorities because let, it, it isn't just latinos in in the kitchen there are also other um minorities um without them th- there wouldn't be there wouldn't be so many restaurants i don't, I don't want to say all of the restaurants but that's probably possible like yeah i mean at least a lot of the restaurants here in southern california right right most i mean i go get sushi and and they're they're, i mean i don't know like yeah there's latinos back there cooking my sushi yeah (laughs) they're they're maybe they're not cooking yeah Yeah. (laughs) they're preparing it preparing um yeah yeah um and he also says that um another another like you know tidbit from him is in years of making television in mexico it's one of the places where we as a crew are the happiest when the day's work is over we'll gather around the street stall and order soft tacos with fresh bright delicious tasting salsa drink cold mexican beer sip smoky mezcals listen listen with moist eyes to sentimental songs from street musicians oh my god right like Anytime people people are singing mariachi, like you're just like crying. I'm oh sorry. my god, it's <laughs> emotional listening to that. It is. It's, it's <laughs> so I totally understand what he means there. So he says, and then he continues, "We will look around and remark for the hundredth time what an extraordinary place this is." And it is. Mexico's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's such a diverse country. You have like absolutely everything there, and it like. 
when I hear people like, oh, Mexico's scary. Oh, you went to Mexico for blah, blah, blah. And like just all those like negative comments. And I'm like, open your eyes, people. Like it's a huge country. Yes, mm-hmm. there are a lot of problems, but there are a lot of problems everywhere. everywhere. And um, not all of Mexico is like... I don't know why people think like the cartels just like running all of Mexico. Like, or that you it, see it. it. Yeah. That <laughs> is just like drugs. And there's so much more. There's like families like with their own shops, their restaurants. Yeah. You know. You're eating at places where yeah. like the owner and his wife or whoever, like it's a family owned. It, yeah. yeah. For like decades. And they're making the food and it's, and made from the heart it's yeah. like so i ugh. would recommend people watch his um his mexico episode which is season three episode four when he, when he covers mexico no reservations uh no parts unknown parts unknown okay yeah so if you guys want to watch that and if you're mexican like me like cry feel pride <laughs> you know miss it whatever do right. it <laughs> I love it. On one of his on one of its parts unknown um, episodes, he he goes to well, he's he's talked about L.A. so many times um, and he'll like focus on like a different area each time. And um, there was one episode. Um, I'm trying to see which season it is, but I don't think I have that up, actually. Um he, he talks, he, he's really like talking about like the Latino community and um, I think it starts off or somewhere in the episode. Um, he's with um, Danny Trejo and, oh, okay. and they're having tacos at one of his taco places. I think he has two now, one in oh, Hollywood and maybe. one in Trejo, Trejo's Tacos. <laughs> yes, Trejo. I don't. You know, I, I, I think I, that's the last thing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're okay. pronouncing it correctly. I'm just, you know, I'm pocha, so it's okay. I, love you. <laughs> you're so, I try. You're still very Mexican. I'm very Mexican, and oh, isn't that the struggle? Like being Mexican American. Like you got to be both, <laughs> and you're never enough of one. <laughs> so back to. Um, Yes, he was, he was at Trejo's Tacos, and he was talking to Danny, and um, I've actually eaten at the Pasadena restaurant, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's, it's a nice restaurant, and it's not cheap, and I think a lot of people, and I know Anthony Bourdain's talked about this, how there's people who expect Mexican food to be cheap because it's Mexican, and how that is so racist to think that way, because... Oh, because it's Mexican food, it's supposed to be cheap. And it's like, no, it's food. Yeah, it's, it's the same ingredients. It, like, you can make something gourmet. You could, like, there's just, it's like any food could be expensive, expensive. and inexpensive. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but no, I, um, I went to go eat at the restaurant. It's a really, it, it's a cool restaurant. Um, and the tacos, they, they have like different types of tacos. I'm trying to remember what I ate. And I remember that there were vegetarian tacos, which I know a lot of people 
um, who think of Mexican food, think of like a lot of meats and stuff like that, um, which obviously isn't vegetarian friendly, Mm -hmm. but um, there are a lot of vegetarian options. Like, yeah, it's not typical, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they make, I feel like in a Mex, like when you're, when you have a Mexican meal, you definitely touch on like, you know, your meats, you know, um, different types of vegetables, different types of fruit, mm-hmm. you know, different drinks. I mean, you'll have a drink that that is like, you know, fresh, you know, fresh strawberries, fresh mango, like fresh coconut. And then I love all the aguas frescas. And then, you know, if you want to, you can add, you know, some tequila to <laughs> any of your of your aguas and, you know, make it a, a margarita or, you know, just some. things like that. And, um, you definitely, it's, it wouldn't, it's not, it doesn't always have to be, you know, meat heavy. No, no. And it doesn't always have to be the same, the same thing. You know, people think, you know, when, if I'm going to like tamales, like they're only going to be chicken or pork. And it's like, no, like there's so many types of tamales. You can have, you know, a corn tamal, you can have a sweet tamal, you can have, you know, savory tamal. Like there's different types. When I went to Mexico for Christmas one year, my cousin made um, uh, tamales that were made, that he made the masa out of, you know, the the normal, like, you know, masa type. But then he added on um, a fig to make it a sweet tamal. And they were, they were purple. (laughs) So the fig was, um, he like blended it in, blended in the masa. So we had, you know, sweet fig tamales and it just, you know, you can, you can make them however, however way you want them. And you don't always have to use, you know, the corn leaves So you know, there's, um, you, you can use different types of leaves. Um, one of my aunts, instead of wrapping them, uh, with the with the um corn with husk. the corn husks um she has she gets this uh this green leafy vegetable um I don't know what it's called in English but in Spanish it's like um it's something with the V um I don't really remember off the top of my head right okay. now it's like okay okay me <laughs> but she'll wrap it with that and uh-huh. then steam it in like foil and then when you open up you unwrap the foil and it's your tamal is like a flat tamal with like this green leafy thing around it and you eat it like that so i mean people think that there's only like certain ways to make things and uh they expect it to be like really meat heavy but it's not that's not always a case and like you said there's sometimes you do a real easy taco sometimes you do a gourmet taco same thing goes for like you know tamales things that you already have um that you already think are always going to be a certain way i mean that's just not it right right they're so mexican food is just so you know diverse and different um you can have you know whatever there's so many options right and then like let's not even get started on the salsas because oh that's my God. Just... so many different salsas <laughs> you get smoky salsas like there's spicy sweet salsa, ones sweet ones there's, like stuff with mangoes in it mm-hmm. it's... oh man salsa and I, mean, I feel like anthony bourdain really understood the the um the passion that you know mexicans have about their food and 
why he loved Mexican food so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love like, I mean, obviously he would go to like restaurants, but like it would be so cool when he would, you know, go to people's homes and have, you know, it was someone's grandma or mom cooking the meal and just like how much appreciation he would have for, yeah, for that for a meal. a home-cooked meal. I mean, who doesn't love a home-cooked meal? Right. I mean. It's something we, could, we all enjoy. <laughs> we all, right? um yeah there's just I just really enjoyed watching all of his all of his different episodes and um god he's had so many um I mean just recently yeah no reservations parts unknown parts unknown which has been running for like ever now so many and then he had like a short run of the layover, which was really interesting. He would just like show you how to like, you know, do Hong Kong in 36 hours. Oh. And um, yeah, I, I, I really like that one too, because I don't know, you know, you'll have a long layover sometimes and then you'll debate like, okay, should I go into the city? Should I not? Mm-hmm. Like, he showed you, yeah, you could you could do this. You could go here, here, and here, and you know you have a wonderful experience still. Yeah, he definitely wanted everyone to um, travel, you know, the best way they could to eat the best food they could. Um, just really, really wanted people to be adventurous. He and I'm definitely gonna miss gonna miss that. Yeah, I mean the world needs more people like him, more people that like can really like open up your eyes without like it being so in your face, opening up your eyes. Like it was just, you know, something that I was very organic to him. Yeah. Yeah. He was just living his life. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we're lucky that he showed us. Right. And I love that he wasn't very PC about a lot of things. (laughs) He's like, he just like was himself. He was totally himself. He'd go to places, he would drink a few beers, he would, you know, just talk about politics and just not, yeah, give a crap about the backlash or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, he he was a good person. And I want to read a quote because I really like this quote. Um, uh, okay. Um, Travel isn't always pretty. It isn't always comfortable. Sometimes it hurts. It even breaks your heart. But that's okay. The journey changes you. It should change you. It leaves it leaves a mark on your memory, on your consciousness, on your heart, and on your body. You take something with you. Hopefully, you leave something good behind. And I really like that quote because travel isn't always pretty. Like, Is that how you travel? That is, yeah, like you see all the prettiness like on Instagram and all the pictures. And I mean, you've, you've, you know, been there when I've like FaceTimed you and I've texted you. Had, like a rough day or. Yeah, it's like, it's not pretty. And all the time. Not, no, yeah, not all the time. Not all the time, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't keep doing it yeah. if it was horrible. No, but it isn't pretty all the time, and, and it's not comfortable. Um, 
I mean, it's a, a good real amount experience. Of time. It's it's yeah, it's a real experience. Like you are taking yourself out of like your normal comfort zone, whatever you've grown up in, and going to especially when you go to a developing country where they don't have all the things that you're used to, all the luxuries that we just take for granted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when you have to figure out like where to you know wash your clothes or just like. You know, little things like that that you just, like, take for granted. And, um, but it's such a privilege. Like, I'm so lucky to have the opportunity to to go to so many different places um, because not a lot of people do have that opportunity. And Mm -hmm. even though, you know, travel could be uncomfortable and you know, hard at times, you'll have rough days, you'll, you'll see things that like freak you out. Um, but then you see so many things that like, you know, are beautiful, are beautiful, open stay with you forever. Yeah. And, um, I think I just, I really like that quote because it's just so real and Mm -hmm. it's so like, yeah, this is, this is travel people like Mm -hmm. do it because it will change it'll change you. It leaves so much with you. And, um, yeah, I, I, he's one of my inspirations for just like for traveling, for just being a traveler. Um, I, yeah, I, I was, I was devastated when I, when I heard about it and like, I was, it was really shocking and very sad. Yeah, you know, you didn't hear about anything about, like, depression or anything. Like, usually, you know, you hear something, and this was just a complete shock. And I think when something like that happens, it's like, you're kind of, like, in denial at first. Yeah. Like, what? Is this true? Um, So, I mean, you, you just have to realize that... Um, mental illness and depression that they're all very real and very serious things that you know people go through and um, you don't always know who's going through them and um, you know how people are feeling I mean I mean you really don't you don't and someone like I like I look at someone like Anthony Bourdain and think he has it all right like he's able to travel and he like he gets paid to do all this like yeah. I like wow I want to do that and like you wouldn't you would think that he can only be experiencing happiness right because of all everything That's, that he has but right, I the mean, illusion yeah I mean but it's something that people go through you know internally and they don't always express themselves I mean, yeah, I mean, just with, it's just very sad. It's a very real thing. Um, I know that, uh, myself, um, after I had the baby, it was very hard. So you, I mean, you've experienced postpartum depression. Like that's a very, I feel like it was, there was, cause you, they tell you that you're supposed to feel like a lot of happiness. You know, you just had this baby that you love so much that is just so cute and adorable. And, <laughs> you know, you have all this love for it. But it's, like, scary. Sometimes it would just be, like, waves of just, like, feeling very overwhelmed. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, if you don't have someone to talk to, if you don't have people supporting you, you know, you, it's very, I feel like it's very easy to just kind of lose yourself. Right. 
So you need to, I think it's really important for everyone to always like, you know, just, and some people can't vocalize, you know, the hurt that they're feeling. Right. They don't want to. They don't know how. Yeah. Or they're in denial about it, Mm -hmm. maybe, or ashamed. Um, But it's nothing to be ashamed Ashamed about. about. No, you should. If you're feeling, you know, different, if you're feeling sad, if you're having thoughts about, you know, just if you're having those like difficult and hard thoughts, dark thoughts. Yeah, you should. If you can reach out to someone, talk to someone, maybe you don't have to start it out with like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, ending, ending it all, you know, you don't have to say that to someone, but you know, just if you can call someone that you're very close to and tell them, you know, I had a really hard day today and just you know talk just, to them right there's it. always someone like little to listen yeah there's always someone there to listen mm-hmm. um but do reach out because yeah like even like you know the most put together the strongest people like you know that's just their exterior you don't know what's going on inside um and i think it's always important to you know let the people who are in your life know that you love them that you're there for them mm-hmm. um check in on people if you feel like someone's having a hard day check in on them if someone you know had a big life event you know call them up make sure that they're okay if you feel like you know you're noticing a difference in one of your friends or family you know stay by their side right i i i mean this is this isn't easy for a lot of people. And I think for anyone who's going through any sort of difficult time, like, please reach out to someone. Yeah. Um, because you're loved. You're going to be so missed. Like you, there, there's like we said, there's, there's always someone, um, someone there to talk to, um, there's people who love you and gosh, this is, yeah. I mean, this is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, if you are, are having, you know, suicidal thoughts or suffering from depression or suffering from anything that is, you know, making you feel like you want to take, you know, a drastic, you know, uh, action, um, you know, you if you don't want to talk to anyone, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Line. Uh, it's 1-800-273-8255. Uh, you can call and talk to, you know, a stranger and they will listen to you. They will listen to you. There's no judgment. And talk it out. They're like, talk it, just talk to someone. Yeah. Um, so we're going to close up this episode and I'll read the, um, all the, the phone number again, if you didn't catch it is 1-800-273-8255. Um, so that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening, um, to, to this episode of Passports, Cameras, and Maps. Oh my. Um, Parts Unknown is actually on Netflix, so catch it if you have not or you 
catch up if you aren't all caught up. I think there's like 11 episodes or 11 um, seasons. So there's plenty of them. It's due to expire this month on on Netflix, but hopefully that gets extended. Yeah, a lot of people are petitioning to keep it on, are petitioning CNN and uh, Netflix to, you know, extend it. Um, So, I mean, hopefully it does so that people can enjoy it you know, longer. Um, right. Uh, but <laughs> if you want to rewatch, if you want to start it, uh, it's the perfect time to start. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening to us. Thank you all. And thanks to you, Martha. And thank you to AJ of 10 fingers, 11 toes.com for our music. Yes. And thank you, Anthony Bourdain. Um, for all for the knowledge and all the work that you gave us while you were here. We love you. Okay, bye guys. Bye. bye.